This week's podcast is from our special guest speaker, Pastor Milton Pleasant. Please turn with us now to Psalms 34 verses 1 through 8. The title of today's message is Trusting God in Spite of What You Are Going Through. Let's hear what God has to say to us today. Trusting God in spite of what you're going through. All of us are familiar with that old song that says, what a beautiful morning, what a beautiful day. I got a wonderful feeling that everything is going my way. But my brothers and sisters, when we examine the lyrics to that song, we must admit and confess that the words to that song sounds good, but the truth of the matter that in life, everything cannot and will not go your way. Life is filled with swift transitions. You can be up today and down tomorrow. You can be riding high today and at rock bottom on tomorrow. You can be large and in charge on today, but be the low man on the totem pole on tomorrow. You can be the big baller and the shot caller today, but on tomorrow, nobody will know your name. You can be healthy today, and sick on tomorrow. You can be employed today and unemployed tomorrow. You can wake up in the morning singing the song, everything is going my way. But before the sun makes its way across the Western hemisphere, you can be singing the song, the storm of life is raging. Because in life, everything cannot and will not go your way. And so the question that we got to ask ourselves is, what do we do when everything is not going our way? What do you do when you got more agony than answers? What do you do when you got more burdens than blessings? What do you do when you got more calamities than cures? What do you do when you got more distress than deliverance? What do you do? When you got more enemies than you got friends? What do you do when you're having more gloomy days than glad days? What do you do when you got more heartaches than happiness? I mean, what do you do when it seems like you got more problems than you got peace? Well, I want to tell you, you got to learn how to trust God in spite of what you're going through. David, who is the author of this psalm, as you look at the background of this psalm, you will discover that it's taken from 1 Samuel chapter 22. And in 1 Samuel chapter 22, you see David is running from his arch enemy by the name of Saul. And when David writes this psalm, he writes this psalm hiding in the cave of Adalom. Did you catch that? David does not write this psalm from the plush room of his palace. He doesn't write this psalm from the luxury room of his kingdom. He doesn't write this psalm sitting on the throne, but David writes this psalm in the midst of a cave. And whatever else that suggests, it suggests that David knew how to turn his cave experience into a cathedral. What am I suggesting? I'm suggesting that if you're going to trust God in spite of what you're going through, you got to learn how to turn your place of problems into a place of praise. And so if you haven't dozed off and gone to sleep on me, walk with me around the text today as we look at how David trusts God in spite of what he was going through. First of all, notice David's reaction. Listen to the language of the text. I will bless the Lord 
at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. David had a threefold reaction. His first reaction was that he praised God unconditionally. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Notice he didn't say, I will bless the Lord some of the time. Notice he didn't say, I will bless the Lord most of the time. Notice he didn't say, I will bless the Lord a few other times. But David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. You see, the true test of your praise is can you praise God not only when you're up, but can you praise God when you're down? The true test of your praise is can you praise God not only when you're healthy, but can you praise God when you're sick? The true test of your praise, can you praise God not only when everything is well in your life, but can you praise God when everything is wrong in your life? David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That word blessed comes from the Hebrew word barak. And it's the picture of someone getting on both knees, lifting up both hands, and giving God unconditional praise. So here's the picture in David's life. In spite of David running from his enemies, in spite of David hiding in a cave, in spite of David's adversity, in spite of David's affliction, David get on both knees, lift up both hands, and give God unconditional praise. What I need right here is another witness. Come here, Job. Job woke up one morning footloose and fancy free, and not a care in the world. But before the sun went down, Job had lost everything that he had. But look what Job did. Job said, the Lord give it, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that word blessed that Job uses, the same Hebrew word that David uses. So can I give you the picture in Job's life? When that last messenger came and told Job that not only was all of his cattle been killed, but all of his children was killed, Job got on both knees, lifted up both hands, and he declared, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so David's reaction was that he praised God unconditionally. But his second reaction was that he praised God unceasingly. Still got your Bibles open? He says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Uh, that word continue comes from the Hebrew word to me, and it really means to do something regularly, consistently, and without interruption. Okay, you missed it. It means to do something regularly, consistently, without interruption. In other words, David was determined in his heart that he was not going to let nothing interrupt his praise. I don't mean no harm today. But the problem with us is that we let anything and everything interrupt our praise. But I don't know how you feel about it this morning. I feel like David. I'm going to be determined. Not to let anything or anybody interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my agony interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my burdens interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my crises interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my distress interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my enemies interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my failures interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my grief interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let my heartaches interrupt my praise. I'm not going to let the pains, the pressures of life interrupt my praise. 
what I need right here is another witness. Come here, Rebecca. Rebecca found himself in the midst of a famine. And listen to what Rebecca said. Rebecca said, although there be no fruit on the vine, although the olive tree be cut down, although there be no stock in the herd, Rebecca said, yet will I rejoice in the God of my salvation. You see, David and Rebecca had what I call a anyhow pray. And if you're going to trust God in spite of what you're going through, you got to learn how to praise him anyhow. I know you're going through right now, but praise him anyhow. I know you got more burdens than you can bear, but praise him anyhow. I know you got more debt than you got dollars, but praise him anyhow. I know your money is funny and your change is strange, but praise him anyhow. I know you might be sick in your body, but praise him anyhow. Is there anybody here this morning got to anyhow pray? So David's reaction was that he praised God unconditionally, unceasingly. But then his third reaction was that he praised God uncontainably. Listen to what he said. He says, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad in it. Now, when David makes reference to his soul, he was determined not to let anything or anybody contain or confine his praise. You see, the problem with a whole lot of us is that we let what other people think and what other people say contain and confine our praise. But not David. David praised with both vocal and visible. It was seen and heard. Matter of fact, if David thought you was going to mess with his praise, he would invite you to praise the Lord with him. That's why the very next verse says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. You got to be determined not to let anything or anybody contain or confine your praise. And I know folks want to look at you and say, it don't take all that. Well, you tell them it may not take all that for you, but I know where the Lord has done for me and I know where the Lord has brought me. And so I'm going to praise the Lord. Matter of fact, you don't mind if I testify this morning. You don't know where the Lord has brought me from. You don't know where the Lord has kept me from. You don't know what the Lord has delivered me from. You don't know what the Lord has healed me from. And since you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me, I'm not going to let you and nobody else contain or confine my praise. Hey. And so I wonder this morning, is there anybody here that's not too stuck up? Is there anybody here? that's not too cute? Is there anybody here that's not too religious? Is there anybody here that's not too sacrimony to give God unconditional, uncontained, and unceasing praise? Somebody ought to look back over their life and look in the real mirror of their life and just see from where the Lord has brought you from. And you ought to say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? And so we see David's reaction. But then not only do we see David's reaction, but there's another movement in the text that I need you to see. We see his reaction, but then secondly, notice his recourse. David had a twofold recourse. His first recourse, Pilgrim, was he says that the Lord heard him. 
He said, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him out of all of his trouble. Uh, the word Lord there comes from the Hebrew word Jehovah. And Jehovah is the name of God that literally means the one who is self-existent in need of nothing from nobody but himself. Let me give it to you again. The name Jehovah means the one who is self-existent in need of nothing from nobody but himself. You see, I don't care how you and I go around acting like we don't need nothing from nobody. The truth of the matter is that no man is an island. We all need somebody. But when it comes to God, God is in the class all by himself. He doesn't need nothing from nobody but himself. And David said that the reason why you and I can trust God in spite of what we're going through is because God, who is self-sufficient, in need of nothing from nobody but himself, hears me. Okay, y'all ain't feeling it. He says, God, who is self-sufficient, in need of nothing from nobody but himself, hears me. Oh, okay, you, you, you're not shouting today because maybe you forgot who God is. So can I just take a few moments and remind you who God is? God, who walked out into nowhere, reached back and grabbed nothing and hung it on something and told it to stay there, hears me. God, who took his own omnipotence, hit the hammer of his own hand, caught the sparks thereof and flung them into space and gave us so many stars, we can't even count them all, hears me. God, who hung the moon across the neck of the universe like a golden medallion, hears me. God, who painted the sky blue without a stepladder or a paintbrush, hears me. God, who pushed up the mountains and stomped down the valleys, hears me. God, who laid the grass down like carpet and then tacked it down with trees, hears me. I love the Lord and he heard my cry and he pitied every groan. And as long as I live and trouble rise, I haste unto his throne. Is there anybody here testify that the Lord will hear you? You ever been sick on your deathbed, but you prayed and the Lord heard you and he touched your body and told you to run on? Have you ever been down to your last dime? Didn't know how you was going to make it. But you prayed and the Lord heard you and he made a way out of no way. Have you ever had any doors shut? But you prayed and the Lord holds you and he opened doors for you that no man can shut. All I'm trying to tell you is that God hears us. And so he says his recourse was that the Lord heard him. But, 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 but his second recourse is. He says, the Lord helps me. Now, church, that made me really shout. Because everybody that hears you can always help you. But David says that we can trust the Lord in spite of what we're going through. Because not only does the Lord hear us, but he helps us. He says, the angel of the Lord shall encamp round about those that fear him. Now, that phrase the angel of the Lord is what theologians call a theophany and a theophany means that Christ appeared before his birth you do know that Jesus showed up on the scene before he was born in Bethlehem you see the Jehovah of the Old Testament 
is really the Jesus of the New Testament. And Jesus says we can trust him in spite of what we're going through because he's going to show up and help us. Okay, you don't see it. Let me show it to you. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gives what is known as the Great Commission. And after he gives the Great Commission, he gives a promise. He says, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And that phrase, I'm with you in the Greek is ingi I me. And it literally means I myself will show up. In other words, Jesus is saying that when problems come, I'm not going to send somebody else, but I myself will show up. Uh, and I don't know about you, but when certain problems come in my life, I don't want just anybody to show up, but I want Jesus to show up. When I get sick in my body, I don't want just a doctor to show up, but I want Jesus to show up. And whenever Jesus shows up, he always shows out. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help coming from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God is my refuge and my strength and a very present help in the time of trouble. We can trust him because he helps us. Well, I've been trying to tell us how to trust God in spite of what we're going through. We saw David's reaction. We saw David's recourse. But can I give you one more? We see David's reward. Verse 8, he says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusteth in the Lord. Now that word blessed in verse 8 is a different Hebrew word for the word blessed in verse 1. In verse 8, the word blessed is a Hebrew word, ashar, and it can be translated as happy. In other words, David is saying happy is the man who trusts in the Lord. Uh, his happiness is not in his cars, cash, condominiums, and creature conference, but his happiness is in Christ. His happiness is not in his gold, but his happiness is in God. His happiness is not in his money, but his happiness is in the master. His happiness is not in his silver, but his happiness is in the Savior. And I want to ask you this morning, Pilgrim, is there anybody here that's happy with Jesus? Is there anybody here that's satisfied with Jesus? He's been my redeemer. I'm satisfied. He's been a friend that stick closer than a brother. I'm satisfied. He's been a bridge, not just over troubled waters, but he's been a bridge through troubled waters. I'm satisfied. He's been a doctor that's never lost a case. I'm satisfied. He's been a mother to the motherless. I'm satisfied. He's been a father to the fatherless. Is there anybody here today that's satisfied with Jesus? Matter of fact, David said, you don't have to take my word for it. He said, you can try him. For yourself. He says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is there anybody here that'll testify that the Lord is good? He woke you up this morning. He's good. He started you on your way. He's good. Put food on your table. He's good. Been better to you than you've been to yourself. He's good. Matter of fact, can't nobody 
do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Can't nobody hold me like Jesus. Can't nobody save me like Jesus. Can't nobody deliver me like Jesus. Can't nobody pick me up. Can't nobody turn me around. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Is there anybody here today that will testify? Can't nobody do you like Jesus. But one of these days, the world got tired of my Jesus being so good. And they put nails in his hands and they ribbed his feet. And he said he won't be any good anymore. They hung him high stretched him wide and dropped him low and said he won't be any good anymore they took him down from the cross put him in a borrowed tomb and said he won't be good anymore and he stayed there all friday night and said he won't be any good anymore said that we won't be good all saturday night but early early sunday morning my good got up didn't he get up didn't he get up with all power in his hand right on right on king jesus and let no man hinder you yes yes ain't he all right ain't he all right won't he do it won't he do it trusting god in spite of what you're going through Thank you for listening today. We want you to partner with us and become a part of our family. Please go to our website, pilgrimrestphx.org to get more information. You can also text to give by texting PRBC to 77977. Remember to subscribe. Now, let's go live a life of higher heights and deeper depths as we occupy all streets.